Hello and welcome to the third season of Plan B, a podcast about all the latest news and updates related to citizenship by investment by CS Global Partners, a London-headquartered legal government advisory and marketing firm. My name is Aisha Mohammed and I'm your host. On behalf of CS Global Partners and the Plan B team, we wish you a very happy new year. 2020 was hard on all of us in different ways, and we'd just like to thank you for listening to us along the way to learn about securing your Plan B if a crisis like this were to happen again. On our last season, we delved deeper into the investment migration realm. From our first episode with Mohit Lal, an economic citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis, to our three-part series with real estate developers in Dominica, we facilitated topical conversations surrounding the shifting landscape of the citizenship by investment industry. This season, we will have all that and more. We'll be talking about everything from climate change and investment trends to being a citizen of the world and all the responsibilities that come with it. You can catch up on past episodes by subscribing to Plan B on either Spotify or iTunes. You can also find an episode breakdown on our website at www.csglobalpartners.com under the resources section or by following CS Global Partners on YouTube. On today's show, we'll be welcoming back James McKay from McKay Research, who developed the CBI Index. The fourth edition of the CBI Index was released this summer. James will walk us through the newest edition's mythology and what makes the CBI Index such an effective tool for investors looking to attain second citizenship. But first, some CBI highlights and updates from this week. Immigration trends show that over 400,000 new permanent residents are expected in Canada in 2021. The country plans on welcoming the newcomers in an effort to boost the economy and recover from the impact of COVID-19 and also balance the potentially negative fiscal impact shaped by Canada's ageing population and low birth rate. The residences at Secret Bay, a luxury resort in the Commonwealth of Dominica, has reported that 27% of its citizenship by investment contracts came from African nationals. Industry experts forecast the number to rise to 35% in 2021 as Nigeria, the continent's fastest growing market, continues to seek second citizenship. During the 2021 budget address, Prime Minister Timothy Harris revealed how St. Kitts and Nevis' Citizenship by Investment program supported the nation over the last year. According to PM Harris, the program has been a significant contributor to the nation's economy. This has ensured that the revenue generated under the program was channeled into boosting national development and protecting its citizens during the pandemic crisis. And those are this week's CBI updates. So welcome back to Plan B and Happy New Year, James. Firstly, congratulations on the release of the fourth edition of the CBI Index. How does it feel to finally have it out? Feels great. Uh, it was a lot of work. Um, big changes in, in the in the latest edition um, in terms of the methodology, but I think it was well received. Uh, of course, it was a necessary update as well. And um, no, very happy to uh, put, uh, to continue on with the CBI Index and add value to the industry. Great, so let's just get started. The CBI Index is a guide that provides accurate, up-to-date information on all active citizenship by investment programs. Was it difficult to work on the 2020 edition of the index because of the many changes to the CBI industry, some due to the ongoing pandemic? Well, I think you're absolutely right to point out that the the rapidly evolving nature of the CBI industry does reflect the many changes that we see in the the world around us, both uh, economically and politically, but uh, also 
of course, from a health and well-being standpoint, as we've all seen uh, uh, in 2020 and continue to experience now. Um, and as you probably know, every year we undertake a comprehensive primary and secondary research um, and analysis from relevant industry sources, including legislation, government circulars, uh, application forms, interviews with industry stakeholders, uh, as well as macroeconomic statistics. Uh, and indeed, much of this process was already underway before many of the, the large impacts of COVID-19 made themselves felt. Um, but at the same time, of course, you know, because the government responses to the pandemic evolved so quickly, to some degree, they did have quite an immediate impact on the CBI programs themselves. Um, so in the 2020 edition, uh, we have included an analysis of these developments, both in terms of the, the measures taken by the governments uh, and also how well the, the different programs sort of adapted to the unprecedented circumstances. So things like border closures and changes to application procedures, including, you know, online submissions. And of course, how the CPI funds themselves were used in the early part of um, the pandemic to sort of battle disease were all factors that were reviewed in the index. Definitely. So for a fourth year, Dominica received the highest score in the CBI index. What are the main reasons Dominica continues to find its way to the top? Yes, it's true. Um, Dominica has uh, been a consistently strong performer since the, the CPI index was uh, first created. Uh, obviously, it's important to, to remember that the, the different investor and business people will always have different priorities, which is why each um, index pillar has an equal weighting to allow users to measure those uh, program attributes that are most important to them, basically. But uh, Dominica's success can really be attributed to a strong performance across several pillars, so and, you know, including minimum investment outlay, mandatory travel residence, citizenship timeline, ease of processing, and of course, due diligence. Um, and additionally, with respect to the 2020 edition, I'd also say that Dominica scores very highly in, in the new family and certainty of product pillars. On our last season, you took us through the seven pillars that have been part of the index since its inception. However, as you mentioned, this year, two more pillars were added. Why did you feel the need to add the family and certainty of product pillars for this edition? Well, that's another excellent question. I think, first of all, uh, as we noted already, given the rapid pace of change in the industry, uh, it is my opinion that any tool designed to measure the CBI programs must itself uh, evolve to reflect these changes as they just occur in a vacuum. So, for example, the family pillar, which measures the degree of flexibility of a program to add dependents and other family members to a primary application, uh, we felt that was that was very important to, to um, create simply because so many investors are now seeking to include a, a, variety, a wider variety of family members in an application. And uh, in 2020, we saw a number of CBI programs respond to these investor priorities and demands by expanding their definition of dependent. So here, of course, the difference between a program that allows for the inclusion of a parent or sibling or older dependents or even dependents from a partner's previous marriage can really make all the difference uh, for, for, for the applicant. Um, in terms of the other new pillar, the certainty of product pillar, that measures the program's certainty uh, across five dimensions, basically. And they are longevity, popularity and renown, stability, reputation and adaptability. So we, we felt that was important to include because of the rapid growth of the industry again. Uh, and uh, it, it really is becoming increasingly important to have a robust means of evaluating the different products on the market. 
Um, as like any other investment space, not all products are created equal. So again, just in, in summary, the addition of these pillars very much reflects how a tool designed to evaluate CBI programs must actually keep abreast with the changes in the industry itself. Yes, I have to agree. 2020 saw a lot of changes in terms of CBI. Some would agree that before COVID-19, greater visa-free or visa-on-arrival access was an investor priority. Do you think this priority has shifted? And if so, what priorities do you think have become stronger? Yeah, I would certainly say that the, the pandemic has, uh, to an extent, shifted investor priorities. Um, and on many levels, um, there will be sort of a reassessment that, that's taking place, um, a reassessment of priorities as a result of the, of the pandemic, because uh, simply due to you know, unprecedented closure of borders around the world. Uh, and many uh, in- investors have just simply found themselves grounded, grounded in their own countries. So, you know, on a very basic level, the, you know, the all-important issue of where you can go with your entire family with fewer restrictions on movement, et cetera, is, you know, rising in importance, undoubtedly. Uh, and here you have to say perhaps parts of the world that are a little bit more remote and have less uh, cases of COVID-19 uh, may increase in desirability um, going forward, for sure. Um, I think the other important point to mention that is it's all too easily forgotten that uh, the number of um, uh, golden visa programs and CBI programs actually increased quite quickly after the 2008 global financial crisis. And the, the investments that um, came about as a result of this played actually quite a big part in bringing these countries out of the, out of the recession. Uh, so clearly we're, we're in a situation now where governments are realizing that uh, with correct due diligence procedures in place, etc., uh, establishing these um, programs can help them uh, secure much needed foreign investment and attract people with proven business success and valuable networks, etc. But of course, the big difference now is that because of COVID-19, a large percentage of the activity generated by CBI investment it, you know, such as business travel and tourism, uh, has simply been badly affected. So it's going to be interesting to see how the governments themselves are able to to respond to this challenge, and in turn, how the investors themselves um, to you know how their um, decision making processes about where they end up in the world will change as well as the result. Definitely. And now looking to the future, if we were to ask you about what the ranking may look like in the late summer of 2021, when the CBI index is generally published, what would you predict? Well, for sure, certain things will stay the same and consistent, but others will definitely be in flux. So, for example, the Caribbean nations, particularly um, Dominica and St. Kitts and Nevis, they've typically scored highly on pillars such as the minimum investment outlay, uh, mandatory travel or residence, ease of processing and due diligence since the beginning of the CBI index, of course. And I, I just don't see any significant changes there. Uh, but on the other side, um, you know, the, we just gen- hope overall that uh, more countries will increase their scores in those areas, of course, because um, that will raise the profile of the industry as a whole, um, particularly with respect to due diligence, I would say. Other changes on on the horizon that we've already witnessed, in fact, like Malta, for example, have ended their IIP and developed a new CBI proposition within the framework of the what's called the granting of citizenship for exceptional services regulations. Uh, so there, there are changes there. And of course, 
the biggest shock undoubtedly was the the sudden end uh, to uh, the Cyprus's Seabrier program, uh, because just as it seemed as if the country had made the necessary changes to the program over the last 12 to 18 months, which included changes to the investment fund structure and more stringent due diligence checks, the program disappeared virtually overnight, uh, and the investigations, I believe, are still ongoing. So now that Bulgaria and Malta are the only remaining EU CBI programs, it'll be very, very interesting to see and monitor how these programs fare with respect to the increasing European Commission scrutiny. Um, and finally, another interesting aspect will be to monitor whether countries make adjustments to the program price levels as a result of COVID-19 uh, and the related economic impacts. Um, so for example, Jordan, um, lowered its minimum investment outlay threshold. And they did that actually despite high application numbers, um, at least those numbers that were reported officially by the government. So it will be interesting to see if other countries um, decide to uh, follow that example. Um, but in any case, as always, it will always be interesting to see how the industry changes in the, in the coming year, uh, particularly as um, COVID-19 vaccines bring hope to people uh, and reinvigorate the, the economies. Those are all our questions. Thank you so much for joining us today, James. We have appreciated all of your insights. And this concludes the first episode of season three. If you have any topics or questions you'd like for us to discuss on plan B, let us know and we'll be happy to have an expert address your concerns. Next Wednesday, we'll be back with Annika Söderlund, a legal assistant at CS Global Partners. Annika will walk us through the details of Dominica and St. Kitts and Nevis's due diligence procedures. Until then, if you have any questions about CBR and would like to find out more, please visit www.csglobalpartners.com. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Audio.